Colorado sports leader, the team. Nine o'clock, it's the Jim Davis Show. I'm Jim, along with Cake from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It's an Apache Friday. Celebrate the start of the weekend, doorstep of the weekend, divisional playoff action, your predictions on the divisional weekend, who gets to the AFC-NFC championship games. It all starts tomorrow at 2 o'clock right here on the team with Jacksonville at Kansas City, followed by the Giants at Philadelphia. So you got some thoughts on that today. Broncos coaching search. They'll talk with Dan Quinn today. They met with D'Amico Ryan's San Francisco 49ers DC yesterday. Colin Cowherd on Fox, who's bros with Sean Payton, has indicated that Russell Wilson has, through legal channels, contacted Sean Payton and expressed, according to, well, it's not that Russ said, please fix me. It was Cowherd who essentially said, Well, you know he needs to be fixed. And so the the conversation supposedly, though, was more about Russ being excited about the chance of working with Sean Payton. Which, okay, say they hired Dan Quinn. Let's throw throw this out there. Not like Dan Quinn's a pro. Dan Quinn's going to go, okay, whatever. But there's a little little bit of me that would probably be chapped that, oh, he didn't, didn't reach out to me. Right. Didn't didn't contact me. Of course, Dan Quinn's also coaching right now. Sean He's Payton a little is not. But still, you took the time to reach out to Sean Payton and not anybody else. Yeah, those Raheem le- Mo- didn't reach out to Raheem Morris. Well, the, those legal channels probably meant he couldn't, if he even if right. he wanted to. But who knows? But he could he could talk with Raheem Morris. Uh, that's true. Where he Morris isn't coaching right now. I guess that's true. Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell's not coaching. He's not even employed by anybody right now. If I'm one of these other guys and say just how out of left field, Jim Caldwell gets the job. And like Caldwell's once again, guy's a pro. He's late sixties. He's he's not he's gonna get over it. But there'll be that part of me that'd be like, well, Apparently, you don't think I can do the job. You didn't want me here, Russ. Thanks. Is that the way you want to start the relationship off? Well, All right. Unless maybe there's some confidence that it is going to be Sean Payton. I don't know. Anyway, we start out the 9 o'clock hour talking a little Fruit of Monument Boys basketball. Talking Fruit of Monument Boys basketball with Coach Jake Hagera on the team. And Jake Aguirre brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Jake Aguirre joins us. Hello, Jake. How are you? I'm doing well, Jim. How are you doing? Doing fine. Uh, enjoyed getting to go out to, to Fruita and call some basketball on Tuesday night. You had to be uh, thrilled with the way your team played against Palisade. Uh, second time you met them this season. Last time was out at the Palisade tournament. And defensively, both games... You, you got after it on, on that end of the floor, and you have to be uh, really pleased with the way your guys are playing defense, uh, particularly that game against Palisade on Tuesday. 
Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, it was good. The energy was really good for that game from start to finish. You know, the boys were really, um, you know, wanting to prove that, you know, our defense is, is, a, is a pretty good thing for us there, that, you know, when you play it right, when you play it together, um, it can really cause problems for teams. So, you know, the boys were just amped for that one, and, and you know, it was, it was good to see. We played physical. Um, you know, it was it was a good way. It was a good way to start the the week off. I mean, your last six games, you've only given up over fifty points in one game, and that was when you beat Chatfield uh, fifty four to fifty one. I mean, that's that's always a pretty good benchmark if you can keep it. You know, fifty forty five around there. That's a pretty good night defensively. Yeah, yeah, we know we're in a good spot if we can keep it there. Um, it is tough to do and. You know, in the games that we play, I mean, we got we got scores all over the floor. Um, but when uh, when our guys are playing it and they're and they're playing together and they're communicating with one another and they have each other's back, um, it's it's really nasty sometimes, man. It's it's hard to for teams to find shots and and people get frustrated and you know. Then we got to rebound shots. You know, we got to make sure we're we're good on the glass. And I, I feel like we've been we've been pretty good there as well too. He's the coach of the Fruto Monument Boys Basketball Team. Off to a twelve and one start. Jake Aguirre joins us today on the Team Sports Network. Is there a guy, or maybe a couple of guys, Jake, that uh, you've seen this season make some real progress on the defensive end? That that maybe just you know the effort wasn't there at one point, or just. Some other things weren't quite clicking defensively that now maybe a player or two that, that you've seen great progress from on the defensive end of the floor. Is there a couple of guys that would fit that bill? You know, yeah, we do have a few guys that, that have really stepped up on that. And um, Max Orchard, is he's just a dude on that side of the floor. And, and you know, a lot of people don't, don't recognize it and see, you know, actually what he does for the team there. Um but he, he gets guys in the right spot. He understands, you know, what, what we're trying to do on each possession. Um, and so he's, he's been just really, really great. That's actually what I talk about a lot when I talk about him. Um, and he, he scores for us as well. He does a great job on the offensive end. Um, but he, he plays it. He plays tough. He plays for his team. Um, he just does a great job. Um, Ian Summers is another guy who, you know, he's he's just a guy who flies all over the floor. Um, his heart just continually pumps for his team, he, and he just loves to be out there, and he loves that side of the floor. Um, so, so you know, we have those guys. Carter Hines is another guy who kind of goes, you know, unseen on some of the statistics, but if you understood what he does for us at, at the spot he's in in the defense, he, he he's a general on the floor. I mean, he does a great job. I could go through every guy, man. We we got guys stepping up. Even uh, the guys that come in on the second group, they're doing a great job. Jet Wells, Jet Wells is a great defender. Uh, Wilson Sigmund, both freshmen, they're doing a great job in understanding what we need to do. So that that's been a really cool thing to see. Is is there's quite a few guys who are understanding they're they're doing the right things for the team and and it's it's been a lot of fun to watch for the monument boys basketball coach jake aguirre with us today on the team sports network you have battle mountain coming up uh, tomorrow jake you go there 
and uh, they're three and eight right now. Uh, Wit Hyde for them. Seniors been averaging uh, just under thirteen points per game. You know, but once again, it's you got Montrose coming up. We'll talk more about the Redhawks in a moment. You have to go there, and you can't look too far ahead to Montrose and that that league opener uh, when you got Battle Mountain tomorrow. When you have to go on the road and play them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. it you know. We we have to understand. We have to go and and play play our basketball, our brand of basketball, in order for for it to work out for us. Um, I feel like we've we've played with a few teams because we weren't playing the right way, and and you know everyone's out there competing. Everybody wants to they want to beat us, you know, when they're playing us. So um, we we don't look at we're not looking past anyone. We understand we we have to go up there and and play the right way, handle our business, and, and then and then we'll get to Montrose and, you know, it'll be the same thing there. I mean, we're, we're not looking past anyone here. And you have Montrose on Tuesday night. Uh, Ryan Voringer and the Red Hawks, uh, defending Southwestern League champions. Uh, they're the number 10 team in 5A right now with a 9-2 and record. And it's I think it's going to be a fun matchup with uh, Daniel Thomason, who obviously is, is your – your leading scorer, rebounder, uh, you know, first team, you know, all Southwestern League caliber player against uh, a guy in, in Caleb Ferguson for them. A couple of bigs. That's going to be a fun matchup. When you look at just you know individual matchups, those two guys going at it Tuesday night. That's going to be an, an intriguing matchup between those two. Yeah, yeah, they, you know, and and Bo does such a good job with his guys. Um, you know, they'll be ready to play. But yeah, that that should be a fun matchup. Hopefully, you know we do a good job as a team covering. Um, we don't leave guys on islands, and, and and we cover those guys together as a team. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll it's always fun to play them. They're a great team. It's a great program, um, you know. So we we still have to prove ourselves in this league as well. You know, I know we've had a good start to the thing, but the league's different and. You know we're coming in here. You know we're what were we the fourth, fourth, fifth team in the league. So, you know we have to earn our spot in the league here and and understand it's it's no walk in the park here. Yeah, with Thomason and Ferguson, couple sophomores, guys that are playing really well in their their second year of varsity basketball. Jake Higuera, Fertilmont with boys basketball coach, with us. And when you look at the the rest of this Montrose basketball team, and you know they they lost some talent last year to graduation. You know Luke Hutto and others. But uh, a guy that's really stepped up, he had a big game against Central when the Warriors play there, Jacob Hawks, who's averaging over 14 points per game. He's a guy that you're really going to have to keep an eye on three-point range. He's a, a deadly three-point shooter for the Red Hawks. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we, we've, we've seen a few of their games, and we understand what, what they have. And, and like I said, man, Bo does such a great job with his guys there's a reason why the program is where it's at. It's a reason why the program is, you know, does well every year is because he gets his guys to play right for him. Um, they have a couple shooters that we'll have to be aware of. Um, but, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll be ready for that challenge. We'll be excited for it. And for you, in, in this, your second year of being the Wildcats head coach, and, of course, we've, we've talked before when, when you're at Tobac and, and won a state championship there, uh, in Grand Valley as well. That is the program in year two, kind of where I mean, do you have 
like milepost, Jake, that you try to reach with a program where, wherever, you know, regardless of where you've been. And is this program kind of at that spot right now? I mean, you think 12 and one, absolutely. Yes. But are you at that spot when this program where it's kind of meeting some of the, the expectations that, that you've had in, in year two? You know, we, we understood, we understood, we have something special with these guys. Um, because they they care about each other, they love playing together. Um, they play the right way, so we understood there is something really special here. Um, you know, depending how far we 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 have to you know take care of a lot of things on our end, um, you know, to get where we would like to be. Um, and we're still pretty young, you know. Like we we have a lot of young guys. We have a lot of young, you know. Uh, I would call varsity guys because this is the first year for a lot of guys playing varsity. And so there's something special for sure. And, and in, in our second year coming in, man, if, if someone would have told me hey, in year two, you'll be 12 and one. I mean, I, I would have thought that'd be pretty nice, but we understand we have a lot of work to do with these guys. A lot, there's a lot of growing to do, um, you know, and, and they're all willing, they're willing to learn. They want to grow. They want to be, the best that they can be and and that's the other thing is is these guys are in that realm where you know they they want to win they want to win more than they want to be flashy or have stats or anything like that they want to win they want to win for each other they want to win for fruta so um to have a group like that um you don't want to waste it i'll tell you that i mean we we're, we're coaching we're coaching our hearts out for these guys and, and we just love them we love what they're doing we love what they do for each other so we understand it's a special group, and and we just we want to do everything we can with them, and we and the sky's the limit for these guys. We'll have the game Tuesday with uh, both Fruit and Lemon basketball teams. Girls game is also going to be a uh, a real uh, tremendous matchup between uh, the Red Hawks and the Wildcats. Uh, we'll have both the boys and girls Fruit and Lemon at Montrose Tuesday, our Highway 50 game of the week on the Monkey, and uh, pregame will start at uh, 5:45. Girls tip it at six, boys at 7.30, and you can hear it here in the Valley, 95.7 FM and 93.5 in Montrose. So that one coming up on Tuesday night. Jake, I appreciate it. Best of luck at Battle Mountain tomorrow. Have a great weekend, and, and always appreciate the time. Thanks, Jim. Talk to you soon. All right, take care. Jake Higuera, coach of the Fruit of Monument boys basketball team, joining us on the program today. At 12-1, and one, I would say that that's year two. You're You've got to be pretty happy with that. It's a solid, solid way to start building the program out there at Fruta. And they, they do. They are young. He's right about that. Where you look at Daniel Thomason's a sophomore, Jet Wells is a freshman. I mean, it, it's a it's a young basketball team. That's a great name, too, Jet. And, of course, Michael Wells, former Fruta Monument Girls coach, his son, Jet. Oh, okay. I didn't, yes. I didn't draw that connection there yes. for a second. And I believe it's J-H-E-T-T. Is how his name is spelled. Still cool though. Still cool. And Gonna have a name like Jet. Yeah, J H E T T. Jet Wells. And yeah. and yeah, and he's. I tell you what, he. Um, look, Jake's right about how he, the job he does defensively. Plays a lot of intensity. And I know when Jake had talked about Jet previously, that you know the, the expectation. Well, he's a freshman and. Yeah, I don't know how much playing time he's going to get varsity. Probably be you know JV guy. He's averaging nine points per game off the bench. He's a big difference defensively. Their their second five are really kind of led by him, and and they they play really really well. 
I mean, you look up and down the lineup that you know, Jet Wells is a freshman, Daniel Thomason's a sophomore, you've got uh, Carter Hines, who's a junior, uh, Lucas Weaver, who's more of a baseball guy, but he makes some really good contributions off the bench, junior, Jack Carrick is a sophomore, he saw some playing time the other night, Austin Reed's a junior, um, you also have Wilson Sigmund, who Jake referenced, is a really good freshman player, getting a lot of playing time. And and so this is a pretty young basketball team. And uh, but they've been able to get out to a sensational twelve and one start on the season. All right, nine sixteen, Jim along with Cake today. So if you've got some thoughts about uh, is it gonna be Sean Payton? Do you think it's gonna be Sean Payton on Monday? It, you know if, if it is if it is announced Monday. If it's announced Monday that it's Sean Payton, I will I will learn learn to love, learn to live. But I'm I and and I was definitely not on the Dan Quinn train at the start. But I've grown up to I've I've warmed up to the idea of Dan Quinn. And I think part of it too is something we mentioned a little earlier, the fact that it would more than likely be Brian Schottenheimer bringing him in as as offensive so we keep hearing yeah we keep hearing that and that and that i think would serve russell wilson very well he had some of his best years under schottenheimer that would be he knows dan quinn and he knows dan quinn so i'm i'm in the i'm in the dan quinn camp i'm rooting for dan quinn probably gonna be sean payton and we'll I'm see. gonna be I'm gonna be fine if it's Sean Payton. All I ca- you know what I care about I care about them winning. I if, yeah I, that's and if Sean Payton is who Greg Pinner thinks gives them the best opportunity to win and and Payton's won a Super Bowl. It's not like Sean Payton comes in empty with, with a yeah with a with a resume that doesn't have you know at three NFC Championship game appearances I believe he's he's got skins on the wall he does. I think his personality sometimes, I think it used to be Sean Payton was always the really likable guy. And then he kind of turned into, well, Bounty Gate and everything where, eh, maybe Sean Payton isn't quite as likable as you'd, you'd like to think. Yeah. I don't care if he's likable. Can this team be better offensively? Can he be the kind of head coach, the CEO kind of head coach that this team needs? Can this team contend in the AFC West? Can they be a playoff team this season or in 2023? That's the stuff I care about. And they're giving up, they're potentially will give up a lot to get him. It better work. Because look, George Payton, to a certain degree, his future depends on this getting this one right after he didn't get it right the last time. Because he was kind of given you know, a, a lot of leeway in terms of his influence on who was going to be the next head coach. Right. And, you know, John Elway played a little bit of a role in it, kind of advising them on what, you know, who he thought. And he mentioned that Kevin O'Connell came very close to being the Broncos head coach and not going to Minnesota. That this will clearly be, though, a Greg Penner decision with, with obviously Rob Walton having a big, big influence on who they hire. And don't forget Condo Rice. Yeah, but and you're right, and and but I think if if it doesn't go well, George Payton's going to be gone, even if he's not even even if he's the one that said, "Oh, I think we should hire somebody else." 
if it doesn't work out this year, he's gone. Yeah. If they bring in Sean Payton and they're a six or seven win football team, Payton's going to get fired. Sean, not Sean, but George. And they've they're they look kind of like Russell Wilson. They're going to be married to Sean Payton. It's going to be a relationship that's going to have to last for a for a while. Right. It's not going to be a a quick fix of just well we got to can him and you've you've invested too much if it's Sean Payton you've already invested too much because of Russ right got a text from Kurt on the Chick Fil A breakfast team phone line which is always nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty a little frustrated George Payton this morning his bad decisions may cost the Broncos at a minimum three first round draft picks. Two seconds, three starters, a good backup quarterback, a pile of cash, and set the franchise back at minimum two years. But let's remember, though, that when the trade was made, it was celebrated. By you and me. And I and I still feel like ultimately it'll be the right decision. I I just I feel it will be. If, if the end of the season is any indication. The upside for Russell Wilson is going to be far greater than it would have been with Drew Locke. It, that it, that he's fixable. If he weren't fixable, I would 100% agree. And I do agree to an extent, but... You know, and, and I get it where Noah Fant, that was a tough one to give up. That was a first-round pick. A guy that was having a hard time staying on the field, but when, when healthy and when utilized, showed a lot of promise. Right. But then they also have Greg Dolchich now, and I guess Albert Okuegbunam. I guess now that he's when he's not a healthy scratch, going to be utilized, which still is puzzling on what happened with him this past season. No one really knows. You know, Shelby Harris, it's a good player, good locker room Char- guy, character. You know, he's he's a character, funny guy. To me, it's more. It's not the play. fan hurt. Lock, I'm they they tried it didn't work. Shelby Harris, he was expendable. I'm sorry. You're right though, Kurt. In the in the draft picks, that that hurts. And so now, you know, are, are they set back two years? It's a possibility. If they don't get the coaching hire right this time around. Yeah, two years. But they've got to get it right. Who whoever is it's 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 got to be a, a situation where this team is a 10-win football team in 2023. But hey, maybe because the franchise has been set back a few years, maybe we'll get Arch Manning. <laughs> Who knows? They, wow, we're, we're talking. See, Arch is going to play two, like three. Oh, so you want Denver to suck about three or four more years? Is that? No, huh? not necessarily. Okay. So you pinned all your hopes on Arch Manning, who hasn't even played a snap of college football yet. I I didn't say that. Which I think he'll be really good. I think he will, too. He's a Manning. It's in the DNA. Hmm. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't I don't think that... I, I hope... Having another, having another Manning in Denver would be fun. I just don't know if I'm willing to uh, <laughs> suffer through that much misery to wait till Arch Manning can... Can possibly, maybe, show up and be the quarterback of the Broncos. I think it was interesting on Mile High Report. They they did a poll on like George Payton staying and things like that. One of them was, should the Broncos have waited 
for Lamar Jackson. And I'm going, well, wait a minute. How, how do you know if the Broncos would have got Lamar Jackson? Say that they, they would have got an extension done. You don't know that. Right. When, when the Broncos had to make the move to get Russ, there was no indication at that point in time that, that there was going to be the separation that has occurred between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They hadn't got a deal done yet. It was starting to brew a little bit, start to percolate. But So you're going to sit back and you're going to wait another year to see if Drew Locke could get it done? Which was already the year that they gave him as is to get to try to get it done. I, I just think it's, okay, it's hindsight's, you know, 2020 where, well, gee, oh, now it looks like Lamar Jackson could be available. What were you doing, Denver? Well, he wasn't available last spring when Denver had to make a move. He wasn't available. He was still under contract. And so they're supposed to sit back and, well, let's let's see what happens with Lamar Jackson. I just think that's kind of silly. Yeah. All right, 925. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And uh, up next, we'll have our picks. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. It's a good show. Probably the best show around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 928. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Vic Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. There's more texts floating in on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. Uh, from Steve, if Peyton is hired, they should rename the stadium Peyton Place for the three Peytons. I think that's already trademarked, though, by Mr. by uh, Omaha Productions. Yeah, I'm thinking that Peyton's going to have to uh, sign off on that. Guru Gary, fix Ross. How about fix the offensive line? They'll probably aim for the edge rusher from Arkansas in the draft to be better to get top offensive linemen available, which they have not done that. Outside of Garrett Bowles was considered one of the top offensive linemen. They haven't really, they haven't really used the draft the way they probably should in, in regard to building the offensive line. No, they haven't. All right. Coming up, we'll talk with former uh, Mesa state pitcher, uh, Michael Petrack, who has written a book called Legacy. So uh, we'll uh, talk with him in just a few minutes. But uh, joining us right now, it's his eminence, the Pope. Good morning, Petey. How are you? What it is, fellas. How are you? It's been an interesting start to my morning. Uh Oh, Oh, really? Tell me more. Oh, my goodness. Eight o'clock in the morning, I have a meeting in the boardroom. And I have to talk about student vaping. Oh, my goodness. My life sucks. (laughs) Wait, just one oh, more year, though. Just one more year. Not even a full year. It's, and you, it's, not yeah. even a full year. You can go I've got sit 11 on the beach. a month and some days. Yeah, see? So hang in there. This is, oh, my when, when you took over this job, you yeah. could not have imagined dealing with something like vaping, right? That that would no. be something that would be on your plate that you'd no. have to deal with as an environmental safety guy? Whether it's the tobacco or the THC one, both of them are just, oh, my goodness. You wait till my book comes out. I, I'm I'm going to write a, a post D fifty one book. I you will find it very interesting. Okay, I'm I'm looking forward to it. 
It's going to be a post D fifty one book on health and safety. <laughs> All right, it's going to go flying off the shelves. I'm sure. I'm just... <laughs> Oh my goodness! It'll be a oh, movie. So here's here's one piece from the book. Okay, kid comes up second to the last day of school. They're doing frog dissections at a middle school. Kid comes up to the teacher and says, "Guess what I can do?" Pours hand sanitizer in his hand and <laughs> sucks it up in his mouth. Oh, jeez! Oh, and the teacher goes, "What are you doing?" So she had to get the safety data sheet, take it down to the office, call the parent. Mom comes up in the office, rips the kid a new one. You're just trying to get high on this. And I'm going, this is an incident. <laughs> okay, I think I want this book now. I want to, I want to see the movie. Who's going to play in the movie? That's, I'm just. I'm thinking Denzel. Is it going to be Denzel? <laughs> Denzel. Yeah. Oh man, no, it's all fun. It's all good. Yeah. It's all about the safety of the of the little darlings, man. That's yes. right. You gotta protect the little darlings. They're in, gotta in, protect the little darlings. Uh before we get started here, uh congratulations on the, the Making the Difference Award. That, oh, thank uh, you the, so much, man. Yeah, I really appreciate that and I appreciated everybody who uh you know put in for that. But uh I couldn't make couldn't attend because I was over in Denver celebrating number 41. Man, I tell you, that uh, Brazilian restaurant, Fojo de Chao, man. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad wow. you mentioned the name because we're going to go over there next weekend. And I think we're it gonna, is I think we're gonna go absolutely there, so. off the hook, off the chain, and fantastic. Okay. Well, a recommendation from you goes a long way. So, All yeah. right, my friend. Yeah, so I think we're going to check that out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we brought the big cake for you, balloon oh, bouquet. So sorry, we brought all, and, and we were there. Ken and I were there for you. Oh, and guess man. what? And then but look, I, 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 I'm gonna make it up to you because this year, Super Bowl wings are back, buddy. Okay, I love that. Okay, Let's thank go. you. Super Bowl thank wings you. are back. Okay, cake, you'll get your first shot. All right, very good. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. All I'm right. All, so I'm all in. Cake is quite excited about this. But, so ready. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. But no, we uh, we're, we're thrilled for you. And uh, well, it's thank like, you. well, he's not gonna that, be man. here. Well, okay. We would have been there anyway. But uh, we we want to be there specifically for you. But I, okay. I understand. Tough trip back, fun weekend. Totally yep. get it. I think everybody got that. Yep. Okay. Very good. Ready to make some picks here? We're what's, ready. What's um? Let's what, do this. What's the standings looking like? So Rio is uh, in first place, but he's only a he's only got a game up on you, Jim. Okay. Okay. Uh, one game. Good. PD, uh, you're in third, but unfortunately, you lost a game because you went four and two, and Jim and Rio both went five and one. Okay. So, and then there's me, but you know we're not going to talk about that. All right. So, Rio and I both tied last you week. You both tied uh, at the top at five and one. Okay. Hold on. All right. What is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. That is good. All right. So once again, pile, get your picks in for pile pigskin pick and powered by Kistner Motors because we're still doing it through the playoffs. Get your picks in now by going to the team1340.com. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! All right, divisional round of the NFL playoffs. All coverage on the Team Sports Network, starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chefs, eight-and-a-half-point home favorites at Arrowhead. Rio and I both taking Kansas City. Petey, what say you? 
man, Kansas City should be a double-digit favorite in this bad boy. But I was wrong last week because I thought that uh, that the Jet Jaguars were going to go down. So evidently, they, they <laughs> must be legit. So I'm going to go with the chefs. Okay, we're going to go. Let's go homes. My homes. My homes. Yeah, I've got to be Kansas City. I think Jacksonville well, makes it interesting, like like they did the last time they played against Kansas City. But too much, too too much Patrick Mahomes, too much Travis Kelsey, too much Kansas City Chiefs. Give me some Chiefs. Too much of that Kansas City barbecue. Absolutely. That's it. On Saturday night, an NFC East clash: the New York Football Giants, the Philadelphia Football Eagles. Philly is seven and a half point favorite. I'm taking the Eagles. Rio's taking the Eagles. Petey, who are you taking? Hey, the Eagles have lost what? One game this year? I think like two, two or three, maybe. Two or three? They haven't lost many, and I don't think they're gonna lose this one. So I'm going to go going to go with the Eagles on this one. What well, part of me wants to go with the Giants? I just I didn't wonder, you know, how how much better that shoulder is for for Jalen Hurts? Right. I think we saw some some cracks in the armor of, of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. But man, the Eagles at home. I'm I'm gonna have to go with Philadelphia. I'd love to for RJ and Delta. Big Giants fan. Sorry, RJ. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go Eagles in this one. But wouldn't be shocked to see Giants go in there and. Make it, good, make it close. And Jones played a good game last time. Yeah, he played, didn't he played, play a good game last week? Played really well last week. He, he ran the ball a lot more than expected, man. But, but the Giants also gave up 437 yards of offense to Philadelphia. But the last three games, though, Wink Martindale's defense, 315, 332 to uh, Minnesota. So they've gotten quite a bit better, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Okay. All right, Sunday. This, I think, is probably your marquee matchup of the weekend. The Bengals. At the Bills, Buffalo, a four-and-a-half-point favorite. This is where we split. I'm taking the Bills in this one. Rio's going to take the Bengals. Petey, who are you taking? You know doggone well in this world, I am not going to pick the Bengals. So you Fair know enough. That. Fair enough. You know that. I know, know that going in. Give me some Josh Allen, and let's do it, Big Josh. Do your thing, man, and... Make something out of nothing. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. Man, I'm torn on this one because I, I really do think the Bengals can go in there and win this football game. Right. I, I just wonder, though, the injuries I referenced. We are previewing it last hour. The the injury to Jonah Williams, a tackle, mm-hmm. could be a problem for Joe Burrow. I'm, I'm going to go for our late colleague and friend, Buffalo Mark. I'm going to go, go Buffalo Bills in this one and last last but not least Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys go to the Bay Area to face Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers Rio and I are both taking San Fran in this one Petey you sound a little uh I'm torn I'm just torn because if you if you go quarterback versus quarterback you got to go with Dak if you if you're looking quarterback play quarterback play but last week, that young guy looked for San Fran looked pretty good, and I just was I'm going to give the San Fran defense because they're at home a little bit of the edge. I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm going to go Niners. Niners. 
Brock Purdy with guiding the San Francisco offense, they're averaging 0.19 expected points <laughs> added per play. Oh, man. The Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, no, 0.18 points. That's per play. Expected oh, points per play. Mahomes is 0.18, leading the, the league's top offense. Okay. Okay. So those are good numbers. Those are outstanding numbers. numbers, actually, Petey. So okay. I, so I got to look. I, I've been talking about. It. I've been hyping up the Niners. Maybe being a team that wins the Super Bowl. I got to go. San Francisco 49ers and Mister Irrelevant Brock Purdy to win a, on Sunday. I like that, Mister Irrelevant. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right, Petey. Have a great weekend. All right, gentlemen. Have a good one and enjoy your football weekend. We, we will. will. We will do that. Thank you. Andy. All right, later. Disappears in a puff of smoke. His eminence, the Pope. All right, let's jump into. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. Back in time. All right, 1891, the International YMCA in Springfield, Massachusetts, is the site of the first official basketball game. Peach baskets were used, but it wasn't until 1905 that someone removed. The Baskets Bottoms. 1952, George Mikan scores 61 points for career high to lead the Minneapolis Lakers to a 91-81 double overtime win over the Rochester Royals. On this day, 1980, President Carter announces the U.S. Olympic team will not participate in the Summer Games in Moscow to protest the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan the previous month. And 1980, Terry Bradshaw passes for 309 yards and sets two passing records to help Pittsburgh beat the L.A. Rams 31-19 to and to become the first team to win four Super Bowls. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. And uh, Michael Petrak, former Mesa State pitcher, is going to join us next on The Jim Davis Show. Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 943. Jim and Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. And uh, joining us right now on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, former then Mesa State, of course now Colorado Mesa University, uh, My, uh, Michael Petrak was a pitcher for the Mavericks uh, in the late 90s into the early 2000s. He has written a book called Legacy. He joins us right now on the Jim Davis Show. Michael, appreciate the time. It's, it's been a long time. Good to, to chat with you today. Thank you so much. I've been listening to you for years, so it's a, the pleasure's mine. Well, always enjoy talking to a former Mav, and and I think you, your background is interesting. You pitched it at Mesa State College, nineteen ninety eight to two thousand. You're a three sport athlete at, at Eagle Valley High School, and you know with all that experience, and also with you know you got a, a master's in education from New Mexico State University, bachelor's in English literature at, at Colorado Mesa, then Mesa State back in the day. You did you dabbled in some theater, minored in theater while playing on the baseball team. You've got such a diverse background. Uh, how has you been? How have you been able to incorporate all those different elements, Michael, into the book Legacy and, and the project that you're doing right now? Thank you. I was a catcher, just to clarify. But uh, uh, my apologies, catcher. But, yeah, I'm sorry. No, but really, all all the experiences that I accumulated is all married into this book. And the biggest thing that I took away from my baseball career that is in this book is my battle with fear and insecurity and anxiety. So when I look back at my baseball career, my talent was kind of wasted because I was scared. I was scared to fail. So I would look for a walk rather than swing the bat. 
you know, but then I saw other players equally scared that just worked through that and were brave and, and were willing to swing the bat, even if it meant them getting out. And so that is uh, an infused theme through the book for sure. Now, if, reading through some of the, the information about your book, uh, com. by the way, if you want to get more information uh, on the book, that you didn't really sit down to write a book. Take us through how this, uh, Michael, how it all came together to, to start the book and, and, and you know, give us a little bit of the backstory to Legacy. Well, as you mentioned, I played a lot of sports and so did my brother. So my dad would go to all of our games. So one year I sat down, I wrote him a poem and presented him like, a game ball. Well, the following year, I sat down to write him another poem that would be like uh, a retelling of one of the stories he used to tell me and, and the boys. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And when I showed it to him, he was like, we got to create a backstory. We got to, you know, really expand this. And so over the years, he and I worked on this. And but we never intended to write anything of this length. It's a 14 chapter long poem, essentially. So it was never our intention to do that. So tell us about Legacy. Exactly what it's about, uh, you know, incorporating some of the things like you mentioned, your your, your father, David, and, and stories he told you, your experiences. What is Legacy about? Well, uh, Legacy is really about fear and bravery and choices. Because really, when, when you think about it, everybody listening to this, you, me, in our own personal stories, there's not really a villain. There's not some bad guy trying to get us. The bad guy and the good guy are usually the same guy. So all of our stories, is a it's a battle within. It's a battle against fear. But what we choose to do when we're confronted with fear is what will write our legacy. And so the main character, he has like no superpowers or anything. Uh, no magic. All he has is what we all have, and that is the gift of free will to choose to either go forward despite the fear or to shrink back. So that's really what the book's about. Um, and another theme that runs throughout it is this phrase that we use, be noble. So those choices have to have integrity, um, and uh, be noble choices are really what get able through the book. Former Maverick baseball player Michael Petrak with us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, the book, uh, you can go to the website. It's called TheLegacySaga.com. Uh, before we ask, there's some other things I want to get to, Michael. There's a lot of stuff I want to get to here. Uh, you're going to be at Barnes & Noble uh, coming up next weekend, correct? Can you give us folks some details about this? Because you're, you're going to be out there to talk to people about The Legacy Saga. Yeah, so Barnes & Noble has been generous enough to host a, an author event, which is a big deal. It's Saturday, January 28th. From two to four, stop by. Uh, if you want to have a book signed, I'd be happy to do that. I'm also going to bring my book and have other people sign it because I want other people to sign my book. But uh, if we sell a certain number of these books at Barnes and Noble, they're going to be forced to carry it, and corporate may even carry it, which would really propel the story forward. So I hope GJ shows up and and we really have a a big showing there on Saturday. And, and I know the book is doing quite well on Amazon right now. So you'd like to like, so get those numbers up, get it where Barnes and Noble have it available to the public. So you can just walk in and uh, pick up uh, your book. Uh, of course, it's the legacy If you want to learn more about uh, Michael Petrak's book. And so you mentioned how sports, you, you, some of those things you've been able to weave that into the story. 
give me you mentioned your your fear of you know at the plate more willing to take a walk than than maybe going down down swinging in in certain situations michael what are some other maybe sports elements that you've been able to work into these stories well one of the things that i think about a lot in sports is there are rules to whatever game you're playing football baseball basketball whatever it is and we all are, are forced to play by those rules but then there are people that play the game with sportsmanship and integrity and that's what be noble is about see the rules of the game are rules but be noble is a principle that not only would be great uh, for young people in sports to play the game the right way but also through businesses and schools and and families be noble is sort of this principle that uh, permeates not only sports but all life Michael Petrak with us today on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. So um, when you played at Mesa, you, you caught, you, uh, I'm sure, caught on several occasions for uh, my uh, my good friend, Curtis Beetleman, used to be a co-host on this show. Do you have a... I sure did. Do you, do you, have, a, do you have a couple of... Uh, did, did Curtis Beetleman, any stories of him find... Did, did they find a way into your book? Any, any involvement with Beetleman where you took that moment and went, okay, I'm going to use this in, in the book that I'm writing? No, not, not specifically, but uh, I do love Curtis Beetleman, and uh, I do remember a time where he pitched through severe back pain. I mean, he couldn't even finish. And what it just made, his, he had a really hard sinker. And because he couldn't finish, that sinker was just diving and... Uh, you know, so so uh, a good thing happened from a bad thing just because he was brave enough to get out there and still compete and and still fight through it. Uh, but that sort of is in the book, but not specifically. Oh, okay, yeah, n- not mentioned by name, but uh, but the experience kind of, uh, I said, uh, woven into the the Maybe. book, no doubt about that. Uh, Maybe book two, there'll be a beetle named Beetle. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, Michael. I think you might have to consider that. I think he'd be quite honored. Uh, what about Chris Hanks? What about Skip? Uh, well, there's, is there, you know, he's known for skipisms. Is there some Chris Hanks in in the Legacy Saga? Well, not specifically, but I do have a lot of respect for uh, for Coach Hanks. Skip, um, I was on his first team as a as his head coach when he was um, uh, it was an interim head coach at that time, and I was a catcher, so he's super hard on the catchers, and uh, so I, I remember him yelling at me a lot, but also. <laughs> Uh, we have a lot of respect for each other, and he's been a big advocate for the book as well. So we're gonna uh, hopefully he'll be there on on the twenty eighth as well. What What's your favorite moment from being a Mav? My favorite moment is when we won the conference tournament. I was on base when John Drury hit a walk off home run to send us to the regionals, and uh, and for a long time uh, the TV station would show me I did like this full two-footed jump and landed on the plate for the winning run and then john came in behind me we had a big hug and you know so that is a crystallizing moment for me uh the success we had that year we're talking with michael petrack uh he has written the legacy saga yeah, you can go to the com to get more information about this so you have this project right now michael what else is in store and more books uh, other other maybe multimedia projects what's what's kind of the future for for you and what you're doing right now well you know everyone who reads the book has the same feedback this should be an animated movie 
And I'm hoping that there's enough buzz where that can garner attention from someone that has the ability to do that. Uh, we are in working on book two. Of the, the subtitle for Legacy is The Saga Begins, which says, well, it probably continues. And so uh, we're six chapters into book two. So that's exciting. It's written in the same format, which is very difficult. But, um, you know, I just I really hope that the Be Noble movement spreads, that people say, you know what? Yeah, let's be noble and and, and that the book gets shared. And, um, you know, so that's really my hopes for the entire project. Well, to, to wrap it up here, Michael. So Barnes and Noble coming up on the 28th. Uh, once again, give people the, the time that you're going to be out there so people can come out. Uh, like I said, sign your book. Have you signed their their copies of the book? And like I said, get those numbers up where Barnes and Noble will have it uh, in the at the the store here in town. Give give us uh, the information on that once again. So Saturday, January twenty eighth, starting at two, ending at four, and uh, come on in. We'll have a table set up. Um, you'll be able to meet my family. Will be there. My dad will likely be there, and um, it'll just be a good community event. You know, to support a local author and. And I'd love to see some of my former teammates as well. All right, very good. Hey, Michael, it's been a pleasure catching up once again. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, it, it, I think it's a, an incredible concept, and I, I appreciate the time today. Thank you so much. Again, I'm a big fan of yours, so this was a pleasure. Well, and I'm a fan of what you're doing as well, Michael. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time today. Thank you. All right, Michael Petrak joining us this morning on the program. All right, that's our show for today. And... Uh, Coming up, Jim Rome. Don't forget tonight, Colorado Mesa men's and women's basketball. Big one with the Maverick men taking on Fort Lewis. Certainly an important one for the Maverick women as well. Women's pregame at 5.15. They'll tip it at 5.30. Men at 7.30 tonight. We'll have it for you on the Team CMU Sports Network. And don't forget, divisional play, NFL playoffs tomorrow. It starts at 2 o'clock on the team. For Cake, I'm Jim. Enjoy the rest of your day. See you back on Monday.